Hey guys, I'm Kira, and you're listening to Ross FM, my show, Inspired Lives. Today, Thursday, 5 o'clock to 6 p.m., I'm going to be joined by a very interesting guest, and he's going to be telling us about all the changes he has seen through the years from 1939 right up to 2022. Beautiful, beautiful weather out there. I hope you're all having the sunny shades on and enjoying iced coffees and just the beautiful atmosphere. So guys, you're listening to Ross FM. Today on my show, Inspired Lives, I'm here joined by Joe Layden. And Joe Layden was born in 1939 and has lived through such changes. Joe, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Kira. How are you doing? <laughs> so tell us. I'm doing great. What was it like growing up in Roscommon? Oh, my God, such a story, you know, such a change for the start. I mean, it's unbelievable now to think, going back, you know. Uh, I was born, as you say, in 1939. It was a bit the beginning of the the war. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was the Second World War, no, not the first. You know. <laughs> the second. Yeah. Second World War, 1939 to 45. So I was six years old, like, when the war ended. But like it didn't end really for us with the restrictions, and and that because you you know there was rationing during that time. Yeah. You know you couldn't get tea or butter or, you know the one thing I remember, in the line of food. Yeah. I used to hate margarine. I couldn't bear margarine. I would eat the bread dry rather than eat margarine. But there was a system that time. The more there were children in the family, the more rations you got. Okay. You see, it was. It all depends. The larger the family, the more tea you got. Right. So the mothers were very astute that time. They knew how to mind their money because it was very scarce. Okay. So what they used to do was not make the tea for the children. They used to sell it to people who could afford to pay. That's and at that time, you could get a pound for a pound of tea. Wow. Now, a pound in 1939 and 1940 in those years was a hell of a lot of money. You could buy a lot of stuff you know, and more essential than you can survive without tea, you know. Well, exactly. And yeah. tell us, just, just out of yeah. curiosity, Go on. what could you get for a pound? Oh, when my I God. think of a pound today now, you yeah. couldn't get a cup of tea anymore for a pound. You can't get coffee, you can't get tea for euro. You would probably, if you're in a shop, you can't even get a bar, I don't think you can get a bar of chocolate anymore. Even no, for a euro. no, you're the so right, yeah. What could you get back then for a pound? Oh, my God, it's unbelievable the amount of stuff you could buy. You know what I mean? You could buy nearly a week's groceries, like. Really? You know, yeah, near enough. Do you know? Yeah, it was... Uh, in comparison now, well, not a... Say it'd be worth maybe 60 euro now. You know, so you can you imagine paying, say, 60 euro for a pound of tea? Jeez. You know? So so, uh, so that was it. So we we we, um, we managed fine, you know, but it, it things were scarce. Things were scarce, you know. And, uh, like, we were in a, a house with no water or electricity. Like, those four siblings older than myself so I was born in in the cottage in the walk Mm. a three room cottage and when we entered when my mother Lord of Mercy and my father entered a cottage they had already four children and then I was born in January so you can imagine the situation you know with no water no electricity and we had that for like ten years so you can imagine now doing without water electricity for ten hours I can't, it's funny, I can't even imagine. No. I can't even, cause, but I'm just like, con- to conceptualise that, weren't the women, the mothers in particular, weren't they something else? They were, I tell you what, they were the unspoken heroes. Every one of them. I mean, where I live now on the walk, there's about, say, 12 houses. 
Yeah. And for those houses, there was, between them, mm. there was 35 children, not counting their parents. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, I mean, the census were taken there now. How long ago was the census taken? It's only a few months ago. Only a few right? months ago. Yeah, yeah. And when you looked at it, you see very few families with eight children. Really? You know, whereas that time, you know, it was, so there was great company, there was great, you know, you great, plenty to play with. Yeah, like we had no television, no radio, so we're, we talked and talked and talked among one another, you know, they had their own company, you know. We made our own fun. Do you think as well the well-being was a lot better back then, in the sense where people kind of, they were, were they happy with what they had, or what do you think parents Well, the, the, no. No, they weren't. It was a struggle. It was too much of a struggle. To say they were happy, you were poor, but we were happy. No, we, we were poor, but we weren't unhappy, but it was just a situation you're in. You know, you dealt with it like we had a, a fire on, on the heart. Like, I'd say, for instance, now, you want to get up in the morning, you want to make a cup of tea, okay? It's simple, you put a drop of water, a couple of cups of water into the kettle, you have a tea in how long? Two minutes, Two minutes, okay. Now, that time, if you want to make a cup of tea in the morning, you have to make sure there's water in the, from the night before because you had to walk a half mile for to get water. So, first of all, you have the water, okay? Yeah. Then you have to light a fire. Okay. And... Hopefully there were some coals left over from the night before because we used to, what they call, rake the fire at night, throw the ashes on top of the fire. So when you clear away the ashes in the morning, you had a few coals, and that would start. So you still had the fire, so it was a way of kind of, what would they call that, temporary kind of a... A, a temporary, yeah, yes, and you clear away the ashes. But then to, 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 to boost it, because there were no fire letters, yeah. we had this thing we used to do is we get an empty um, shoebox tin, We'd fill it with ashes, yeah. pour paraffin oil in it, and then set fire to it under the turf. So that became a fire lighter. Gee, so you, different, different world also. A, 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 a different world. Weren't they very clever back then? They had to make use of it. You know what I mean? What they had, you know? So, um, but um, it was, uh, we're, we're like... Thank God we're all survived, except yeah. my sister, Lauren died a few years ago, you know. Yeah. But out of eight of us now, then after after myself, yeah. three more children were born in the house. And I always remember my youngest, <laughs> the great thrill was going over to the hospital and going up in the lift. I always remember that was exciting. Yeah. That was the excitement really? of, of not seeing my little brother, but going up in the lift oh, was the big thing. I mean, I was only five, you know what I mean? You know. Yeah, so to- totally different scene. And like, even when we think about cars and things like that, nearly everyone now today kind of has a car. And it's kind of, a, it's become a thing that if you don't have a car, you're kind of, you're in, a, you're in trouble, isn't that kind of even, even two cars in the house. There was, nobody had a car in the walk. Nobody. Really? No. There wasn't one car. There was a dirt road. And do you know what I remember distinctly now? The water coming in. And just the trench was dug by hand. Pick and shovel to lay the pipes. All along the walk road. Done by hand. Remember that distinctly now. And you know, the water... Water is essential. You know, you can manage somehow without electricity. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, because the water is such a... And we take it for granted, really, to turn on the tap and it's there. You know, but thank God those days are over. And then, remember going to the school, yeah. you know, and going to Roscommon Town. Hmm. And there was fairs on, cattle fairs. And you had to go through the cattle fair. Talk about 
health and safety. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just the whole drove has gone through. And we're all we're, ages. We're all ages. And we made our way through the cattle, you know what I mean, and avoid them, avoid getting kicked and you know, <laughs> just just made our way. And the mess, of course, you can imagine. Yeah. The whole street, whole square, just cattle, big bullocks. And sheep with the sheep. And sheep well. didn't fare another day. Another day than we sheep fare. You know? And was horses, we'll say, back then as well, would there have been the horse that am I going back to for horse and trap? Would that oh, be oh, horse, horse and, and donkey and cart for the grocers, you know, horse yeah. and cart, yeah. No, we walked everywhere, walked you know. Everywhere. And I remember, like, uh, you, you when you go to Mass, mm-hmm. you know, and you had to, if you're receiving Holy Communion, you had yeah. to fast from midnight. So from 12 I o'clock at night. I remember hearing something about this, but I thought it was about an hour before you could... Yeah, they changed it into three hours. But when I was growing up, it was from 12 o'clock. So you rush in the morning, and more often than that, I would faint at Mass. Yeah, you would really Yeah, because you had to walk in and rushing in, and you get overcome, you know what I mean? And, and many times I had to be carried out, you know? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, you know? And, uh, but... Um, but uh, another thing, you know what I mean? The 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 the, the mothers like the, they work so hard. You know what I mean? The, the, they're inspiration. They're the inspiration. You know. Yeah. I mean, because they they sacrificed themselves. They didn't have any luxuries themselves. You know. Oh, they no, they didn't. They didn't have any holidays. You know, they're no days out. I always but remember my mother. Uh, no, they're more healthier now. Really? Oh, but yeah. And I, I know there's no say mass on the Sunday or whatever, you know. Okay. Nobody coughing. That time you'd hear <laughs> coughing all over the place. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, you listen, you don't hear anybody coughing because we're much oh far more healthier. Okay. Do you think that was to fact that like with cigarette smoking say back? Well cigarette smoking. Another thing now here is this. See when our cottage was built. Yeah. Okay. If you're building a house now, you have a cavity wall. Mm-hmm. You have two rows of block and insulation in the middle. Yeah. That time it was mass concrete. There was a single wall. So dampness. There was no damp course in it. Okay. So the dampness was coming up over the years, over the walls, through the walls. Now we were lucky to get a house, yeah. because my parents were living in Leinster Street that time and had a rented accommodation, you know, and had four children, you know, at that time. Then they came along. But so they were lucky to get the house, and there was a big garden, and we sowed our own vegetables, and you know, with six rows of potatoes, and and we pit them. Uh, you know, you you have that much you uh, have a pit. Well, the nicest thing was going out and say cutting a head of cabbage with the juice still on it. You know, and and have your own potatoes. You know, and like you had them um, hens, and you have your own eggs, and I always remember this. This is a good one now. Uh, and and Mrs. Salmon, the Lorna Mason was was um, she was the, the midwife. She was no more trained now than I was. You know what I mean? You know. So any woman that's having a child would send from Mrs. Salmon. And she lived in a go on. Like this is the mad thing, right? Yeah. So I suppose she probably would have been a neighbour. So you knew a you neighbor? had a Mrs. Salmon in every village. Is that the kind of that's what it, it now? That's was it. Mrs. Salmon, did she get anything for doing like? Well, I don't know. Well, head? you didn't have much to give her. You know. But what we did give her now, and she was in, when I met her afterwards and talking to her, she'd always say to me, Joe, I remember <laughs> your christening, you see? Because it was in January, so you had the Christmas kind of a feeling night. Yeah. My father brought in a friend of his to play the accordion. Okay. 
and, and she said with such joy in her voice, I danced with Pat on the night of your christening. And she told me that more often. <laughs> it was like the highlight of her. <laughs> she danced with Pat, the husband, right? <laughs> and on a concrete floor. Now, I don't know. I can imagine myself as a little baby in a cot somewhere or in a, <laughs> somewhere in, in, in the house, right? And, and Mrs. Salmon dancing with Pat. And she said it was, and you know, like she lived in this tashed cottage and yeah. fed the hens and sold the eggs to, to make a few bob and a widow's pension. And you know, but the joy that she used to say about I danced with Pat on the night of your christening. You know, there's a lovely story. And growing up with that, you know. Do you know, with that, actually, on. we had a request yeah. um, actually in from Phil listening in in Westport. Like yourself here now, I know you requested in a particular song as well. And that is one from Elvis. Yes. Are Ca- you lonesome tonight? Yes. So uh, can I say something? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, this is my mother's favourite song. <sighs> and she used to love me singing this. And she's, and when I finished it, I'm not lonesome now because you're yeah. here. Did you used to, you sang as well? I used to sing to her. Will you sing us a, just a line of it here before? Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory stray to a bright summer day when I kissed you and called you sweetheart? Enough. <laughs> Well, that's that's made that's made my day now. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, that has made my day. Right? Oh, <laughs> here we are. It's doubtful. <laughs> Guys, you're listening to Ross FM ninety four point six. Kira here, and I am chatting here to Joe all about his life growing up in Roscommon. So tell us, Joe, continuing on there, the banks. How did you got what was the story with banks in circulation back then, or how did it work? It was, was there, probably wasn't credit cards. I think. Kira, what are banks? <laughs> We didn't know. We had no business going near banks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> banks. no visa uh, well, we did. A bank of turf. That, that's what done in bank we see. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, post office, of course. Post because office. we got the. My mother collected the children's allowance, of course. Okay. You know, and uh, if there was uh, somebody died somewhere, you got a telegram. Okay. Now, if a telegram, what they call a telegram boy, came to the house. There was either two things he came for. One was that somebody died belonged to us. Okay. And the second was if you won the Irish Hospital sweepstakes. There were the two things. The, the Irish Hospital sweepstakes was a draw. It, it, it was stopped because it was illegal. They were selling tickets in America oh. illegally. Oh, okay. It was to raise money for, supposed to be for the hospitals. You know? And were they raising money? Oh, millions. For the hospitals? M- well, you know, oh, there, was a lo- okay. there was a lot of protocol going on. Oh, on. <laughs> and they, were, they weren't allowed to sell them, but they were selling them to the Irish people in America in, in support of the hospitals, right? But yeah. So that's gone now. It was no, known as the Irish Hospitals Weefstakes. It was a draw. Yeah. And you drew a horse in the Grand National. Okay. And if that horse came in, you won £50,000. Okay, but the chances of winning. So there are the two things. If somebody had died belonged to you, there's either very good news or very bad news. There's no in between. No in between. <laughs> no, no, no in between, right? And, and tell me this, yeah. he hardly had a car, did he? Bob, oh, <laughs> a bicycle, and it didn't last too long because the roads were that bad because, because there was a pothole every two yards. You know what I mean? It was a dirt road. And were they, like, just even wages back then? Oh, oh to, to get a job, uh, and that was a little extra one for the, the, the 
it was the telegram boy was different than the postman. Okay, so phones, telegrams, explain that then. The telegram. You send a telegram. You you went into the post office and they charged us so much award. Okay, so it was typed. Typed out. No, you actually got a message. You know, you got it typed out. It it was it was like a. So you wouldn't be selling love telegrams. I'll put it that way now. You wouldn't be selling love. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be selling sending love notes. What's love? (laughs) (laughs) No, we we didn't have time to fall in love. You know what I mean? (laughs) We're we're too busy surviving. (laughs) (laughs) No, we had no, we had dances. With your dances and all that. Do you know what the big thing now? This is really now um, great memory. Okay. Every Sunday, yeah. my mother Laura Mercy, she always seen to it. We got six pence each, six pennies each, every Sunday yeah. for the matinee. Now there's four pence for the matinee, for all pennies, okay? okay. And you had two pence for an ice cream. Yeah. During the interval, there was a rush out the door into the into the the Blue Moon Cinema. You know where Francis is the uh, the the shop in town? Yes, actually. So that was the cinema. Wow. That was the Blue Moon Cinema. And if you're going in the next time, you'll see on just on the doorway. Okay. A, a mosaic with the Blue Moon on it. But the big uh, our hero that time was Tarzan. Tarzan. Or Tarzan. And do you know um, he was Tarzan and Jane was his partner. That's right. And but he never got around to naming the boy. He'd just say, boy, me, Tarzan, you, Jane, you, boy. He never, uh, he never put a Christian. And Jane was actually Maureen O'Sullivan from Boyle in Roscommon. Stop. Yeah, in real life. And Johnny Westmiller was an yeah. Olympic swimmer. And that's, what, uh, that's how he got the part, because it was sitting in the jungle and swimming with crocodiles and killing uh, crocodiles and all. But anyways, we all went to this. Tarzan was going to be on this Sunday. Oh, we couldn't wait. We couldn't wait for this. The sin was packed to the gills. And Rosie McCourt, the owner, got up on the stage and she said, I'm sorry to say the film didn't arrive. Well, if the house wasn't tore down, Stop. we all shout, we want our money back. <laughs> we want our focus back. <laughs> <laughs> so cinema and, and music became my... my uh, it was a great escape. So they would have... I'm just trying to... Imagine okay. The idea. So this big movie, right? Yes. That was going to be screening. Was this ordered and then that had to be sent to the? It had to be sent to. It came by the railway. Wow. By, by, and it didn't arrive. So that was gold dust. That I know. Package would have been gold dust. But Kira, to make it worse, to put on another film instead, right? Yeah. And I always remember the scene. There was a love scene. Yeah. This boy and a girl, man and woman, are yeah. in a boat, and they sing it to her. Ah, and I was dying with the thirst. <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking up at this at the scene in the water, so and all I could think I'm dying with the. T- I was nearly going up and, and break into the screen, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but and 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 the best thing was, do you know what we used to do then? On the way home, then you see, we would discuss every scene in that film. Okay. And a few months ago, I was with my two grandchildren in Galway, yeah. and we went to see, um, you know, the one, the, uh, Paddington. Paddington, Paddington, you see, and they said, "Did you enjoy it?" And I said, "Huh?" I said, "Over." I pretended I was asleep through the whole lot, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But to hear them discussing the film, it reminded me of us, you know, because they were discussing the scenes as well. So all the way home, walking home, it didn't matter winter and summer. You went to the the matinee on a Sunday. That was that was a big that was. So we had that, and the dancing then. 
what was the story with the dancing? Because it's oh, a the dancing. different scene today now, and it's quite sad, I think. Right. Well, we dance in what they call the Astro Ballroom. Yeah. Do you know where the Astro Ballroom is? I don't know. Well, actually, I was just outside the one day, and someone said, where's the Astro Building? I said, it's right behind. Do you know the medical centre? It's across the road from the medical centre. There's a motor factory there now. Yeah. And when we were going dancing, like, you know when you're a teenager? Yeah. And you're coming home? Yeah. At maybe three o'clock in the morning? (laughs) That's a fact. And you meet the farmers going in with the cattle, selling them. Stop. Yeah. You'd meet, they were going to work. (laughs) (laughs) They were going to work, and we're going home. And you're going... The dancing went on to three or four o'clock in the morning. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. And tell us this, the music then, I suppose. Oh, Mick Tillahanty, Clipper Carton, you know, they were, they were the big bands. Joe Dolan, Dickie, and all that, all that. There was, a, there was they were crisscrossing around the country. There was that many bands, show bands. Wow. You know, and especially around Christmas time, I mean, you couldn't, you know, pack to the gills. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's night. So yeah. the girls will be on one side of the floor. Oh, oh, this is, I'll have to tell you this one. You have to tell me this. I'll have to tell you this one now, right? And the style. No, this, this, <laughs> this, this is a true story now. Okay. The girls were all sitting down yeah. across one side, and all the lads were on the other side. Mm-hmm. So they said to me, Joe, I bet you won't go over and ask somebody to dance. <laughs> now, there's nobody on the floor here at this time. Stop. And, of course, I was a bit <laughs> courageous. <laughs> I walked across the floor in front of everybody I wouldn't do it <laughs> and I asked this girl to dance yeah. now if she refused I was in trouble because <laughs> you, you see do you see because I, I couldn't ask the girl beside her then oh. because she say, oh yeah I'm second choice you know what I mean why, why didn't you ask me first <laughs> so lucky enough she did get up but I'm not the tallest person in the world as you can see and she was about two foot over me <laughs> and I had a creak in my neck looking up at her <laughs> And I, I, I pray and all the please band, will you stop playing? You, because nobody else joined. <laughs> <laughs> <You're the only laughs> and I said, oh, for God's sake, will you stop playing? Oh, she's a lovely girl now, and fair play. And <laughs> but, uh, it's not my fault she was tall, you know, not her fault. She wouldn't know. <laughs> Was it the shoes? Could it have been the shoes, Joe? Pardon? Could it have been the shoes? Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> the shoes oh, talking about shoes, you know, we used to get hand down. You know, it's hand down. It's hand me down. Hand me down, you know, but I didn't mind that. But uh, I hate wearing my sister's shoes, the high heels shoes, to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't high. I'm only joking. They weren't high heels, they were flat shoes. You know? oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And so, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose, right, we had the fun. Did well. So you did well now, right? And you went to the dance and you met someone. And okay. How did you stay in contact if you had no phones? Uh, that's a good question now. Was you, there uh, there's, there's a lot of one nights. There's a lot of one nights dance. Oh, <laughs> would you get, would there be well, you see, stood up as well? Out of pure memory loss or what was going on? <laughs> Organise a date or anything? No, 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 because you no phone. So you couldn't say, I'll ring you tomorrow, or I'll ring you when you get home. You're off the hook. You're off the hook. There were short-term romances, let's put that way. <laughs> Just one night. Um, you might see her the next night at a dance. You might see, yeah. You know, in, in, in a month's time or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? You might say, oh, I remember you from a month ago. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> but we... we uh, that was good fun. It wasn't all doom and gloom. No, so I don't want anybody to think that. You know what oh, I mean? It was, it was hard, and thank God it's, it's different now. You know what I mean? Now. 
Hey guys, this is Kira. I'm joined here by Joel. Joel, tell us the Flying Enterprise. The Flying Enterprise. Fly oh, Flying Enterprise. That brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> uh, Flying Enterprise was a ship that got in trouble at sea in a storm. Okay. And the captain's name was Captain Carson. Yeah. And I was 13 years of age at the time. And it was, it was on the news every day. It was all over. This ship that was in trouble. And the captain wouldn't leave it. He stuck with it. It was like he loved the ship so much he wouldn't leave it. He wouldn't abandon the ship. And he stayed with it. Day after day after day. And every day I'd come home from school and... The first thing I said to me, Mammy, Mammy, I wouldn't ask her how she was or how did she get her day. Well, what's happening with the flying enterprise? So. Yeah. So it's a memory, you know. And and I got somebody to look at up. Did you look up? Did, did you know anything about it? I, do you know, I had a quick glance there at the flying enterprise. And I suppose it was built in 1952 and they launched it. On the seventh of January, nine or no, sorry, I've got it wrong there. Nineteen. Uh, they launched it on the seventh of January, nineteen forty-four, and I suppose a ninth flying enterprise. Um, but also, it was built. It was part of. It was built. The builder of it was the Constellation Steel Corporation, and they were based in California, and it was registered then in Los Angeles. And in New York as well in 1947, but it sank on the 10th of January 1952. The boat was. Um, I'm trying to read these boat meters now. Here, it was 60 foot one inches. Um, in that was the beam, and the height of it was 25 foot. And its speed at that time was 14 knots. And then the crew was 48 plus 10 passengers. So what was the we watching that then? Really, was that being no, no, just on the radio. It was just on the radio. on the radio. We were lucky enough to have a radio at that time. So there was no TV either. No, just a radio, okay. a broadcast. So you'd be listening to all this, and this it, is constantly being. Yeah, and it struck in my mind all these years that I can go back and remember going in every day from school and say, "How oh, well? What's happening with the flying enterprise?" And of course, we all admired Captain Carson. He was a hero, like the stable ship. He didn't abandon like. Like the captain of the cruise liner that abandoned the ship on the subs. You know, remember that one? A few years back there. I heard about that one. Yeah, that yeah. He left. It, he left it. He left it before the the passengers. Yeah, but I seen there. It was it was sold in nineteen forty seven, built nineteen forty four as the Cape Kumakaki for the United States Maritime Commission for use in World War Two. World War Two. Yeah. So was that yeah. like a, a warship then? But that have been called. I I, I presume. I you know. Six. 1,711 ton yeah. Type C1 E-ship mm-hmm. sank in 1952. Right, but it took a long time. It does, I seen a film of it and tipped over on the side. You know, it yeah. lasted, you know what I mean? And the storm, and they tried to get some food onto it and they tr- tried to tr- throw a line onto it and it failed a few times because the storm was that bad. And they used to send them in food and uh, papers and, you know, newspapers and, you know, because to keep him company because he was there day and night on his own. The whole time just minding this... I'm minding the ship, you wouldn't leave it. Do you know, I heard a quote somewhere, someone told me this now, and I'm just trying to recall, I can't quite recall who told me this, but they said, for a man, there's a... Men have a relationship with boats. Absolutely. Another woman. Another woman. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember someone particularly, they might be listening now, I'm not sure. And sometimes they're more faithful than the women. (laughs) 
later on that one. But I heard this quote and I thought it was very, very funny. The nearest thing a man has to giving birth is building his own boat. That's very good. Isn't that a good one? That's a good one now. Yeah, Yeah. I heard that from a boat builder Mm. himself. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> I was looking at the salvage here of it. They w- so they went and they found it anyway at the bottom of the ocean at some point. Um, and in 1960, they managed to salvage $210,000 worth of the $800,000 of cargo. Oh. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it was done by an Italian company called Sorima. I'm sure that's probably not the right <laughs> pronunciation. Um, but yeah, and it was actually, I'm just looking here as well, there was a rare violin exceptionally rare violin by Vincenzo Ruggieri and that was lost into the sea when the ship sank and they managed to recover that as well Um, apparently a very very rare one there Um, but definitely it's crazy to think that they were able to they found it eventually like yeah okay it's wonderful never made a film of it you well, know. I'm just I'm just looking here now. I think there was something here. I'm just mm. recall it correctly. Yes, in 2002, the Danish expedition company and Danish filmmaker Lasse Spang they aired a documentary called "The Mystery of the Flying Enterprise" to commemorate the 50th year of the sinking. Yeah. Um, I think you know they worked with two divers, um, John Chattern and Richie Coher, um, to film the wreck for a 2005 episode of. The Histories Channel, um, Deep Sea Detectives, and I think that's available on BBC if you go into the archive, oh, okay. you can watch it online. Oh, right. And it right. Became, Interesting. It became the deepest wreck dived of the 56 episodes ever made. There we are now. What did one sea mm-hmm. say to another sea? I don't know. It didn't say anything. It just gave a little wave. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey guys, you're listening to Ross FM. Kira here chatting to Joe all about his life growing up through 1939 to 2022. Tell us. Yes, if I can. <laughs> you then, you you worked in... Tell Yeah, tell us about your work. Okay, I worked for the Office of Public Works on the National Monuments. Okay. And I got the job through my brother Jimmy, who always appreciated that he got me a job. He already was working with the Border Works. So he got me a job. I trained with my father here in Roscommon, yeah. in the convent. And then Jimmy got me a job with the Board of Works. He said, there's a vacancy, and applied, and I got it. Wow. And the first job we worked on, believe it or not, was Boyle Abbey. And after we found out, my father worked on it, and he attended his father. And then I can see so the job... a generation thing which you didn't realise? Well, I did, but I didn't know that they actually worked on the Abbey. It had done an archway, an archway going into the doorway, going into the abbey. Ah, and and to find out, you know, that my father worked and he attended his father, right? Ah. So we went around the country and the biggest, the biggest, the most, uh, what do you call it, um, the one that really, the major one was Ballantubber Abbey, Ballantubber. the restoration of Ballantubber Abbey. And we, we started there in 1963. And uh, when they excavated, they come across cloisters. Now, Jimmy and I didn't know what cloisters were, to be honest with you. Yeah. And our boss brought us down to Ennis yeah. and showed us what cloisters were. A lot of people don't even know now what cloisters well, are. What are they, actually? <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them people. Right. Uh, it's a cloister area where the monks could go around mm. and say their office and get the ear. So there's a, a low wall and there's, co- you know, pillars... Yeah. and arches and pillars and arches okay. on and on like windows you know like you could windows. say right yeah. in a square yeah. so they're getting the air mm-hmm. 
and but it is roofed. Mm. So it's like saying very somebody's led a very cloistered life. Oh, okay. A cloistered life. So cloisters were these ones. So that's so, that scene came out of. That's where you know cloistered life. We never really think yeah. much about that. Where so they could say their office yeah. in the winter and summer, you see, and they were sheltered, but they're getting the air. So when they excavated, they came across the cloisters, the stones, and our job then was to restore them. And looking off, I had a camera at the time, and if you're ever down in Ballantubber Abbey, and you go up to the archives, there's some in the gallery, there's some photographs that I took, That's and you'll see what it looked like in 1963. 1963. And you hardly know. But it was opened in, there's no roof on part of it. Okay. See? But... When the, the tourists come in, they say to Americans and say, yeah. how old is this abbey? You know, yeah, and we say to them, exactly. you know, how old? My God. <laughs> we say, this abbey was actually 300 year old 300. before America was discovered. Stop. And masses continued to be said there all along, non-stop. The whole time. The whole time, right. Now, it was, it was opened then, you know, when they restored it and the roof and that, in 1966. Okay. And it hardly happened now, but the president came down to open it. With President Eamon de Valera at the time, yeah, like with the first, Taoiseach. That was the first president of Ireland. Uh, no, right? no, no, Dr. Douglas Hyde. He's from Roscommon? Yes, yes. That's right. okay. reading that fact, yeah. But uh, de Valera came with Sean Namas, the Taoiseach. Both of them came to the event. Okay. Now, it's very seldom you will get, say, in today now that uh, uh, the president and the Taoiseach uh, will arrive at the one at the that's how significant the thing was and Father Regan started and he, he christened it he said the Abbey that refused to die you know is it still going are they still oh, it's still going and do you know who got married no. Pierce Brosnan James really? Bond James Ouch. Bond got so James Bond got married in James Bond, Bond got married in Ballantubber Abbey and Shane Finan from Westlife as well yeah so but not the same day <laughs> <laughs> guys yeah. anyone listening there's a lovely option because we all have this thing that we, we well I don't know maybe we have this thing that celebrities kind of go abroad we'll say all to the sunny destinations and you can just have this picture in the head of them off in Hawaii on these beaches of palm trees no they're down in Boyle Abbey P- Ballantubber Abbey Ballantubber Abbey in the County Mayo okay, County Mayo yeah. Wow. yeah and is there anything else as well you came across um, oh there's one I worked in then, then we separated Jimmy went different jobs and I was sent to different jobs you know so we, we, we worked together for a while but then we had to go to different places you know yeah. but the one I worked on on my own was uh, just outside uh, Portumna yeah. a small little church okay. and uh, there was a sign outside that you know dangerous building you know yes. and I was at it for a couple of months and I left the safe but we were told that there was a, a children's graveyard near it oh, okay. and this farmer ploughed it up and dug it up but the crop failed, and he never he never touched it again. Now I don't know what that's true or not. That's what we heard at the time. You hear of these things, you know. Well, they do say with everything you hear, there's an air of truth, isn't there? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. And they say, you know, fairy forts is a thing as well. Don't build in a fairy fort. Or a tree on its own. A tree on its own. Yes, because. Oh, I didn't hear this one. A tree on its own, because during the famine, you see. Yeah. They, they didn't have time to make a headstone huh? so they would plant a tree where oh. somebody's buried that's what they reckon I didn't know that so if there's if you see a tree on its own in the field like you know Just usually they leave it they leave it oh the farmer will leave it that's an intro I'm going to keep that now in my mind yeah that's, that's what the, the theory is you know what I mean that you don't touch it you know
So um, we're working, you know, Bunratty Castle and... In all them lovely places. Yeah, and one night I was invited to a banquet. There, <laughs> so I, I got to the banquet, you know you what I mean? And I always remember there was a, a celebrity and, yeah. and, and then the crowning for the night and making him a neural, you know, yeah. and then to come up with this thing that somebody's plotting against him and they get someone and throw him into a dungeon and he has, he's not out until he sings a song or a poem or something. And the celebrity and that night... No, <laughs> the celebrity that night was Pierre Selinger, was, oh. was John F. Kennedy's press secretary. Okay. You know, so all history and, you know. But Joe, you're a wealth of information. I don't know about that, no. also experienced, how is incredible is it to see what you've lived through, the, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the iconic 80s, the yeah. 90s, 2000s, yeah. and you're flying it. Well, thank and God. And you'll be flying it well past the 100. Thank God, thank God. You will? You'll thank be past God. The and there's four things I do to... In my retirement, yeah, the swim pool, yeah, here in Scotland, yeah, the park, yeah, you know, yeah, dancing, dancing, in Ballygar, yeah, and Salt Hill. Salt Hill. Well, you're amazing. Listen, Joel, thank you so you're much more than for welcome. In Thanks for inviting me in. The time and guys, thank you all for listening in today on my show, Inspired Lives. It's live every Thursday from five to six p.m. Guys, you can tune in, you can catch the podcast. If you ever have a request, please text the studio on 083-859-9748. I do play requests. Or you can call the studio on 090-6628161. So, Joe, thank you. Have a lovely day, guys. Thank you. Enjoy the beautiful weather.